Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, welcome back once again to another episode of A Pond for the Review. How's everybody doing? Ow! Pretty good. <laughs> Real good. Pretty good. <laughs> does that explain right, it? That absolutely <laughs> does. Let's go around. We'll do this clockwise. Say who we have on the panel today. I'm Renee Michelle Aranda. Chris Fimbres. Amy Cordova. And I am Noah Kinsey. All right, welcome back, everybody. Yay, Super excited to, to talk back. about Singing in the Rain. But first... Has anyone seen any good movies lately? The Avengers. Yeah, what do we yeah, think of it? Was pretty exci- I, I waited for a long time to see it. I Not that I wanted to wait. I just was broke, you know. Right. <laughs> the struggle yeah. is real. So you waited a whole week. Uh, since yeah, it was about a week. Um, and I'm glad I did because we ended up, uh, Brian and I went to go see it. We went to Arclight Hollywood mm-hmm. and we... Couldn't I couldn't find the seat? It's like the assigned seating thing, and yeah. I don't I didn't see the letters on any of the rows. So I asked some guy sitting on the end, uh, "Hey, you know what row this is?" He's like, "Yeah, this is M. That was my row." So we sit next to him, and I was like, "Wait, that's Simon Pegg." Oh, oh that's real shit! shit. That's yeah, awesome. Was, oh my god, it was really cool. Oh, so wow. uh, I got to sit next to him. His uh, Apple Watch was kind of blinding me most of the movie, but <laughs> but other than that, it was pretty neat. Oh, too. that's as soon as the the lights turned on at the end, he kind of like pulled up his jacket, tipped his hat down, and booked it as soon as yeah. the lights were turning mm. on. Wow, that's but it was awesome. pretty neat. Did you pull the uh, popcorn trick on him? No, I didn't have any popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. You know, I I know they it, they get so much crap every day that I just didn't even want to bother him. Mm-hmm. That's I didn't, I didn't so even, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. Popcorn. Hey, Did Simon, he like the movie? I got some popcorn here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the movie was uh, really entertaining. When it started, everybody here saw it. Yeah, um, I didn't no? see it yet. Oh, okay. no. no, I did. You may. No spoilers. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, we won't do spoilers just in case but people listening. I yeah, just sure. felt like there was so when it started, I was worried that there was going to be so much CGI that I wouldn't be able to mm, digest. Mm-hmm. The, just the way it opened, I was like, ah, you know. Uh. But then it does get really entertaining and you just enjoy it. And that's a good entertaining movie. Good. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I saw The Inbetweeners 2 uh, a few days ago. And I don't know if any of you guys have heard of mm. uh the Inbetweeners. It was a show uh, in England for about three yeah. seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, hilarious. The the cast, these four guys are absolutely hilarious. Uh, and then I saw the first movie and I loved it. And I was just like, there's there's no way they could make a, another one of these. And they did. In a completely new good. environment, just as good. Laughs throughout the entire movie. This one, it was a little long. Um, maybe like two hours. Uh, but I laughed the entire time. Uh, dirty, funny, awkward mm-hmm. comedy, which is my shit. So, yeah. I mean, I, I recommend love- it. If you guys haven't checked out The Inbetweeners, either not the British version, not the American version, because um, I heard it was really awful. But you guys should check it out. A lot of good laughs. Uh, it's, I don't know. If you're hungover and you don't got anything <laughs> to do uh, for like a day, stay in bed, take out your <laughs> iPad or something. 
Watch yeah. some uh, seasons of uh, The Inbetweeners. It'll be worth it. And, and you so. saw Avengers as well. I did. It was what a real vision. <laughs> oh, I see <laughs> what you did there. <laughs> You're good, you. Uh, Amy doesn't, but you will. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I was. Um, <laughs> I was. You'll get the pun I, after the movie. Be like, oh, Chris. <laughs> she's gonna call me. That wasn't funny. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but no, I, I was worried about the the pacing going into it. Like I thought maybe they might try to start out slow um, to really drag out the the big bad. You know, no, maybe they started in eight quick. Yeah, the whole time it was just moving, 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 moving. The action yeah, was I didn't great. Feel, it was two and a half hours long, and it didn't feel like no, that at all. not at all. Um, and every scene felt important. Like there was some mm-hmm. plot, you know, development every single scene. Yeah, and you know, shout out to comic books if you guys. Uh, <laughs> If you guys don't read any, you should pick some up because I think there's some comics out there for everyone. Oh, absolutely. Um, especially Image. Image mm-hmm. has a lot of comics that, that are just out there for uh, for older cats. But um, I love comics. I, I like all the movies that they're making. Um, and Avengers 2 was sweet. Awesome. Did we like it as much oh, as the first sweet one? Sweet and sour. Time will tell. Um, because I could watch Avengers like every time it's on TV, I'll just stop the channel and I'll watch it a little bit, and it's still entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure the second one will be the same. Mm. You know, like I, it'll yeah. always be entertaining yeah. to yeah. watch. Yeah, good. Amy, yeah, I saw. Well, <laughs> this hardly measures up, but I saw Get Hard with <laughs> Will Ferrell and, and what did uh, we Kevin think? Hart. You know, just it was. Were there as it many prison rape jokes as I heard there was? There was so many prison rape jokes. Oh. So many. Because that's, hot. I mean, that's gold. That's comedy gold right <laughs> you know there. What? I know. Let's keep talking I mean, about prison exactly, rape jokes. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was just, you know, it was free. I went to see it with a friend and, you know, it was okay. It was, you know, good for a couple of laughs after a few drinks. And other than that, I, I you know, see it. At your own risk, So if you think you know? if you think you have an idea of what it's going to be like, you're probably going to be right. You're going to be right. Absolutely. You Whether know, that's a good or a bad thing. I don't know. I just look. It know? looked like they were trying really hard to do yeah. something. And I don't yeah. really yeah. know what they were trying to do because it just kind of looked like some racist, like bigoted something that I was all. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no offense, but I think the point of that movie is to make Kevin Hart as much money as he can before everybody is oh. tired of his shtick. Mm-hmm. Because well, and that I it sounds super critical of him and maybe it is, but the whole when I think of Kevin Hart, I feel like he's like these certain co- comedy actors who are just themselves in everything. Which there's a limited shelf life when you can't transcend that into something else. Like Adam Sandler, even though now yeah. he's kind of gone back to his bread and butter, at least with you know Punch Drunk Love or uh, Rain Over Me, there are movies where it's just like, oh no, he's actually. Yeah, can go he, out of himself and do, do something it. good. Mm-hmm. But then you have the, as much as I love them, the Pauly Shores and the other people <laughs> and the Russell Brands where like when they do comedy movies, it's just as themselves. So especially last year when this is literally the case, Kevin Hart had four movies in three months. Like I just feel like he is collecting yeah. as much money he, as he can now until his novelty wears out. So whenever I see <laughs> saw that movie or Ride Along 2 that's coming out, I'm thinking, all right, he knows he has that because yeah. I think he's a smart businessman. He knows he has that limited shelf life. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, actors, athletes, cash in where you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. invest That's what it's wisely. About. You just got to keep working, otherwise people forget you. If you're not just shoving yourself down their throats, you know, mm-hmm. then they don't 
you know. So I absolutely, I mean, I completely agree with you that that th- this movie served a purpose and that. Yeah. And I think connecting himself with Will Ferrell was also him trying to maybe bump up his pay grade a little bit mm. before it's all over. But um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch, well, he's gonna the next movie that comes out is just gonna be this amazing Oscar <laughs> award winning. And honestly, I would, I would, I would love to see that. Best I would. Actor. I, when it. it comes to that stuff, like I love to be proven wrong Me when too. it comes to certain yeah. actors. I really do. I love it. I don't have any. I don't feel any joy when someone. No, I think it's great that you that whatever. we are critical of of people because there's this certain level of responsibility. I feel like filmmakers, actors, directors that we all have to take. If we want to be in, on on that big silver mm-hmm. screen and have millions of people give us money and attention, there's that level of okay, tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can yeah, grow. I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. So, what kind of dramatic role would you want to see Kevin Hart in? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. A remake of Schindler's List, or oh, no. <laughs> wow. well, um, if. <laughs> If a certain man is too busy with reading Rainbow, maybe the Roots <laughs> remake. <laughs> Can we wow. see Kevin Hart as Toby? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So I saw two movies I want to talk about. First off, Avengers. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Absolutely. I saw it twice in the theater. And wow. absolutely, I loved it. I honestly, I like it. I like it better than the first one, just in the way of. I'm really glad that we didn't have to reassemble the Avengers at the start of the movie. I'm glad that they were already working together. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a continuation. It didn't waste any time with that. Um, I did love there's certain story and character developments that I I haven't seen in the comics that I never would have thought of, but in this, I'm like they work. They work. I mean, just the Black Widow and Bruce thing, mm-hmm. which isn't... Once again, I'm not going to try and spoil anything for you, Amy, or anyone listening. Mm-hmm. But I never in a million years would have put those guys together. Mm-hmm. But the way that Joss wrote that, I'm like, yeah, okay, nice. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I did love the development with, you know, because they always get so much shit because they don't have superpowers. But with Hawkeye and Black Widow, I love how this movie serviced their characters mm-hmm. okay. and developed their characters. I love still that. no offense. I, I think bow and arrows are cool. That's always what I pick in a game. If I get to be an archer, I'll be an archer. But <laughs> poor Hawkeye, dude, yeah. he has like oh, yeah. so little to offer but, that, and that And I think what's great, and I think Joss knows that and knows that that's what the criticism is. Mm-hmm. So you had the point at the beginning, like when he gets hurt in the first fight. Once again, no spoilers. Mm-hmm. I promise. <laughs> um, but when he gets hurt in the first fight and and he's being treated, I love um, when you know Scarlet um, or Black Widow. Oh my God, I don't know what's going on with my brain. Oh, and Black Widow's like you know help him because you know the illusion that we need him is great for the team's morale mm. or whatever. Like it's just oh. there's certain tongue in cheek moments mm-hmm. where it definitely addresses that. Um, I think if anything, and this was more of a on the cutting room floor problem based on Joss had like a three and a half hour, four Mm -hmm. hour cut of this that obviously they're going to cut down. But if anybody was disserviced by this, it was Thor. And there was certain things when he can, cause he kind of disappears for a while. And a lot of that because of pacing, well, all those, yeah, stuff like that. A lot of that stuff got cut. And because of that in the finished product, I feel like, you know, he had key moments, but his character wasn't as, you know, well served as the others, which hmm. I'm a little worried about that personally because I feel um I don't didn't mean to d- 
do like a comic book speech here. But basically the difference, if I had to break it down to a nutshell between DC and Marvel is DC, they're gods among men. When Marvel, they are men who are dealing with the powers that have been bestowed on them. Yeah, I did notice that when when Thor does leave, it kind of makes that whole separation of of man yeah. and God, where he went off and did his godly thing, and mm-hmm. then came back and does his godly thing. Yeah, and you're just like okay, he's a god, and he's. So I feel like with hmm. with the Marvel movies, I feel like Marvel has a hard time because Thor is so almost anti Marvel when it comes to just the premise of him, that'd be much more of a DC character where it's like this benevolent God mm-hmm. amongst mortals. I feel like Marvel has always had an uphill battle finding ways for people to be interested in his standalone films. Um, and I feel like it's harder to have that Marvel audience be engaged in something that's very anti-Marvel in, in its, in its existence. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for having him so little in this movie, I'm a little worried for the third one when it comes to how if audiences are going to go check it out. The third Thor, or the third, third yeah. Avengers, yeah. third Thor, Thor. Yeah, oh, I mean, I'm not worried about the Avengers, but the Ragnarok. Like, mm. I'm a little bit worried because interest in him isn't as high. People are more interested in Loki than Thor. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Um, so I think uh, having Loki in there really kind of uh, and even his scene, he was in this and it was cut out. Yeah, so they cut him completely mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Sad day. Well, it's one of those things where if, you know, if he, if they would have kept him in, but yet cut out the rest of the stuff, it wouldn't have made any sense. Mm-hmm. So, and they had to do that. I just, I hope that there's like the Joss extended, extended version. Oh, I really amazing. would love that. No, yeah, no, by the Blu-ray, the two disc Blu-ray set will have it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would, I would absolutely. It just well, happened yeah. with uh, X-Men, right? With Rogue. She the Rogue, yeah, they just it. released okay. it. But I guess there's, they're going to make a extended version. Cool. Like they did with the Lord of the Rings stuff is what they're talking about doing. Like a DVD, like a special edition where it's like, like the director's cut. Yeah. Oh, no, the no. director's yeah, cut. They're talking yeah, they're talking about yeah. doing a director's cut. Yeah, no, aren't they? Didn't they already release it for Days of so. Futures Past? I don't think so. We'll have to look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, the other movie I saw on the other end of the spectrum is one that I would love for us to watch just out of spite mm-hmm. called God's Not Dead. Has anyone seen this movie? I've heard so I've heard, about, heard it. about it and I have yeah. no desire to watch it. Oh. Like, I mean, I went already with the trailer. If you see the trailer, it's pretty insensitive and offensive in so many ways. And the movie lives up to that. It's really, I mean, we have, we all seen the trailer here of this where it's basically about, there's a college professor played by Hercules, Kevin Sorbo, (laughs) um, where, where his whole thesis is in his, I want to say philosophy class that God's dead. So he forces all the students to sign a pledge saying that God's dead before they continue their Mm. semester. And if you don't, you basically need to get out of the class or else you can be flunked, which is fucking preposterous. It is. It's so offensive. That's just like, and this one kid's like, I can't, I can't do it. I love, I believe in God so much. I can't do it. And like, he loses his girlfriend who's very critical or she's super Christian, but she's like, why don't you just do this? And all this stuff, and it's just so, there's other religions involved that, of course, all these people then convert into Christianity at some point. Like, they want, they want God in their lives, and they want to get rid of, there's a, you know, a Muslim girl who, her dad's very strict, and just, and so, but she, she believes in God, and she just wants God to be a part of it, and it's just, this whole movie is just so horrible and so offensive. Like, I'm not atheist. I'm agnostic. Mm-hmm. I'm not atheist. But I'm watching this like, yeah. you assholes. Like, they have to make atheists seem like angry people. 
in high school, I had a bunch of atheist friends. They were the nice freaking people. And they weren't atheists because they were pissed at God. Like atheism means don't believe in theism. Mm -hmm. That's it. <laughs> like, so this movie, I was so offended by it. I just, and I'm like, I'm not even an atheist. And I'm so offended by this movie. And it was just ridiculous. And it also had Dean Cain in it. So we had Hercules and <laughs> Superman in this movie, which My what gosh. else is he going to do? So it makes sense <laughs> yeah. that he's in this. Kevin Sorbo in real life has said some really off color quotes about really yeah about religion about other countries about u.s aid to other countries and uh, yeah he's is he a conservative christian on the likes of kirk cameron because that <laughs> I would say, be i don't want to put uh <laughs> you know what read up on it because it's it's scary yikes it's like really gonna be saying this kind of thing he's gonna lose a ton of fans but i don't know he's no, all the hercules fans are there to stay He's not, he's not he's gaining any more fans. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think he's going to lose them, though. I mean, those guys. Little by little, you know, he's slowly losing them to nature. Where are you at? But, <laughs> to old age. But yeah, so if if um, if anybody wants to be pissed off for like 90 minutes, I highly recommend this movie. Because honestly, I'm like, I don't know who would find this movie amazing. Okay. Other Fox than News? just ignorant. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I just was hmm. just. That's. It's not even an inter uh, interesting premise. No, and it's mm. not even realistic. No professor, even if they're no. atheist, is going to be like, you have to say God's dead or, you know, or, yeah. Did you have to say class. God's dead. Did he explain how God died? Like, there's, okay, okay, here's God, but he's dead. Was there an accident? Huh? Who killed him? Yeah, no, what happened? Like, well, like okay, the so his whole thing. Fall? His whole initial premise. Can I spoil the movie in this? Do please. It. Can I None please of us are going to watch spoil it. Please. <laughs> so his whole initial thing was like, it's preposterous for you to believe in bedtime stories. That is God. And blah, 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 blah. Like, that's the whole thing. So this this kid in the class is like, oh, I believe in God so much. So I can't, I can't sign this paper. I can't. So Kevin Sorbo's like, okay, well, then you have to have a, you know, a very persuasive argument and you have to debate me in class. And he's like, well, well, that's not fair, Hercules, because you who's judging it? I say the peers judge it. And he's like, fine, then that's what we'll do. So they kind of had their opposing arguments. And at the end, the boy's like, why are you mad at God? Why? What did God You're like? Why are you angry at him? And Kevin's like, because he took everything away from me. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's your One drinking problem, Hercules. <laughs> that's verbatim what he says. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the worst. Then he looked up to the heavens and said, Damn you! Damn you all to hell. And then, like, oh, and Hercules' girlfriend is also super Christian. He makes fun of her, like, a, a party or whatever. And she goes to this Christian rock concert at the end, which is like this known. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's this known rock band for, like, Christian band that's part of this 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 event. Was I'm, it Creed? I feel you know so, what's good so funny about this? Spoil is that this. My, my dad is one of those Christians and I this is so funny to me because I remember him telling me I just saw this amazing movie oh, <laughs> my, my cousins also uh, like they went to the theater so it's like it was amazing yeah they saw it of like course. him and his girlfriend and their kids and they went and saw it in the theaters and it's so moving for them and oh God is God is real and he's alive and it's just so funny it's yeah so funny. yeah but I mean I don't mean to no but you know, we're not we're not yeah. I know what you're gonna say we're not no, no, no. doing it we're not talking shit about christians we are not doing that we're not talking shit about the belief of it we're talking 
shit about people who are preaching ignorance. It's the commentary. Which exactly. I think is wrong. It's, it's this hateful I think when you're teaching thing. ignorance or yeah. teaching half-truths, if you really believe in what you believe in, tell the whole truth. Because what are you afraid of? Well, I don't think these people actually believe in that. I think that they are just losing it's things to fear, be ignorant about it's now. It's a fear-driven thing. I mean, I, one of the best analogies about religion I ever heard was, imagine five people in a dark room and an elephant. An elephant is supposed to represent God or the ultimate truth. Now, these five human beings, they can't see shit, are reaching around, grabbing, and feeling things. And then when they're all out of the room, someone asks them, what was your experience of God? No, none of them are going to be able to tell you the whole truth because they couldn't see, and they can only feel with their hands a part of the elephant. So one person's like, oh, it's the tail. No, no, it's the leg. And they all felt it. It was all real experiences for them. And then they declare war on each other exactly because each one was wrong. (laughs) So that's how I feel about about life. Is if God is supposed to be the ultimate end all be all love, the reason why we're here, I'm not going to pretend like I know what it is. Right. I know my connection with what I feel like. Interpretation of it exactly. So I think it's a very personal, very individual kind of experience with you and what you feel like you're here for. Um, But people to kill each other and all the genocide that's that's taken place. And here with filmmakers also kind of being ignorant and that ignoring that responsibility I was talking about that you're reaching people. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Yeah. So was, I was more upset about that aspect yeah. where it's like if if you really are trying to help a cause, like you really shouldn't just lie to them yeah. to like preach the good things that so, they talked about. What did the Bible say about helping people and living right. a better life instead of damn everyone who's yeah. against mm-hmm. me, like the yeah. burn in hell thing. What did you do after you watched it to kind of get yourself back in your own head? I don't uh I I just jumped into parks and recreation. Yeah. Yeah. Parks will do it. Parks because, will do it. Because I mean you Cleanse have the palate. You have Leslie Nope, you have Ben White, you have Ron, you know, Swanson. Ron Swanson, these people who are like genuinely good people and mm-hmm. religion's not brought up because they're, you know, well, Ron doesn't really necessarily, he acts like he doesn't care, but like Leslie genuinely wants to help everybody. And I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. this is. So I found the Kevin Sorbo quote oh, I was thinking about. It. It's, it has to do with Ferguson and he went on this. Oh, rant. oh no. Yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> So picture this, this. This is good because when uh, Ferguson you know, happened, her, I was like, what does Hercules think about it? Kevin Sorbo, Hercules. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What does Hercules what Hercules, think Hercules would say Ferguson. at a time like this? Um, he's basically calling to people, you know, saying that it has nothing to do with the shooting of this young man. It's an excuse for these lunar, losers and animals uh, to pinpoint their frustration over the years, uh, blaming everyone else, turning the city. I'm paraphrasing, but then he goes on to... Slam Obama. (laughs) Hopefully this is a reminder to the African Americans that their president they voted for only made things worse for them and not better. So yay, Kevin Sorbo. Oh my God. He's blaming Obama for Ferguson. So he's telling a city who's frustrated because of all the oppression that they've dealt with their entire lives that they're blaming other people for what they've had to suffer and that now it's along with their, our president, they're calling them animals, and then saying and it's their president. Because yeah. hey, oh my they wouldn't God. be oppressed if the president was a white guy. Idiots, mm-hmm. idiots. Oh, oh my gosh, God. yeah, wow. bad. That's... He has a whole bunch of them like that. He's, <laughs> he's a delight. He's he's, he's a delight. <laughs> he's talented. Afternoon delight. <laughs> All right, so let's kind of talk about uh, this weekend's kind of big surprise when it comes to 
the word of mouth buzz. So this weekend, Mad Max Fury Road mm-hmm. and Pitch Perfect 2 came out in the theater mm-hmm. simultaneously. We don't have, at this point, we don't have like the final numbers for who won. But man, the the raves about Mad Max are totally uh, yeah. drowning out any. Like, I even forgot that Pitch Perfect was coming out to, you know, the same weekend because the just mm-hmm. the Anyways, excitement for different people. audiences. Yeah. Very different. But I know, but both of them are, you know, Pitch Perfect 2 is a very surprise hit. And so there's a lot of buzz coming into this. But now I feel like with the way the critics have given it a 98% on the tomato meter for Mad Max Fury Road Mm -hmm. and everybody just buzzing about this is drowned out anything else. It's amazing. Are we surprised by this reboot? Not at all. Drowning out a recent hit? Really? Yeah. I'm I'm not surprised. Tom Hardy and... Uh, yeah, Charlize. Charlize. And it's been so long coming now where we've known. I mean, Pitch Perfect was kind of announced like, oh, yeah, there's a sequel. But yeah. I've seen sh- stuff for this Mad Max movie for like a year, years, right? Years yeah. mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I was surprised that the, the reboot was as good as I've heard it is. Because um, my roommate went saw it and he said, oh, man, you got to check it out. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. I heard the same thing. Um, and with reboots now, I feel like that's not always the case. Yeah. No, totally. Um, or even likely. Um, (laughs) but they did have some original members in the first Mad Max in this one no way yes they did Uh, the main villain in it was the main villain in the first one Toe Cutter oh my gosh and he's like oh my gosh it's been like 40 30 years since the first one what year did that come out 70 something right dang I think so that's cool yeah so he he said he was excited to come back so I mean I'm I'm glad I'm glad uh, that people are liking it and I hope it really is as good as they say I just hated the third one so much that I didn't have any faith for this one. Mm. So I'm happy. It's like when Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out. I'm like, man, this had no right to be this good. But they really like people who are passionate about the source material, which some of it's kind of campy, especially Mm. the Planet of the Apes. There are certain sequels and certain things that were super campy and cheesy. And even like the Tim Burton remake did not help that at all. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm like, man, same thing with Mad Max. Where I'm like, these are people who are passionate, who all the naysayers about remakes and reboots and things like that, uh, they're just like, we hear you, and we are going to prove you wrong about this one. And I think that's great. Yeah, no. That's great. Good. I was, I did a complete 180 about, kind of like when Pacific Rim came out, the marketing was horrible. And I'm like, I am not seeing this movie. I agree. But someone convinced me to see it in the theater, and I loved I it know. So That's a good much. movie. It's good. So saying like I'm I usually like Del Toro though. Theater. Yeah. I mean Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth is amazing. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite foreign language oh my films gosh. ever. That movie destroyed me. Pan's Labyrinth was I'm not <laughs> you guys uh, so I'm sad, the only too. one so here. Tragic. Yeah. I'm the only one here that's a very behind the scenes person. Okay, you guys are all actors and writers and comics and improv people. I am not I can't turn it on and turn it off. So like you know, for instance, I saw The Sixth Sense a bunch of years ago, and it scared me for like two weeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie, me out so I was yeah. just talking about. Someone just asked creepy. me what my like the scariest movies I've ever seen, and I'm not like a slasher. Like I like making them, but as far as watching them, I've, I never really am impressed. <laughs> yeah. But The Sixth Sense was one of the scariest yeah. movies that I'd ever seen. Yeah. Scared the crap out of me, and so I can't. So I saw Pan's Labyrinth, and I was like. My gosh, it was just so sad and so depressing, but it was so beautifully done mm, yep. that I, you know, it's gorgeous. I don't know how you guys turn it off afterwards and scene. It's like, okay, what's for lunch? Like, <laughs> I'm still depressed. <laughs> Xanax. Anyway, 
So, uh, I mean, when I was thinking about the Mad Max and and kind of its reboot, remake feel, just what are our thoughts on that? Because we always remake stuff because it's fun mm-hmm. that we're going to do it. But in general, what are, I mean, business-wise, aside for a second, what do we just think of studios doing this? Because it's not going to stop. It's going to get more. And it's honestly, it's always been around. This isn't a new development. Everybody acts like, oh, Hollywood is finally stopped having original ideas all right you know the Mm -hmm. thing movie you loved in the 80s yeah that was a remake Mm -hmm. so shut the fuck up about Mm -hmm. this being a recent development it's always it's like i mean look back to the cavemen when they had their stories every time they told it it was kind of a paraphrasing of the actual story Mm -hmm. it always changes and it's always been there since the beginning of time that it's the lesson of the story that's important and you have to keep it relevant and keep it modern for people to really take it home and take yeah. it to heart and apply it to their lives. So I think that remakes are always going to be around and they need to be around because people are changing and times are changing. And the Willy Wonka of today <laughs> is going to reach people differently than in 100,000 years. They're going to need to tell that story a little more relevant to, to the way they're living their lives. So as long as they keep the core artistic integrity of the original work. Yeah, what's the takeaway? What yeah. did the, the characters learn? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because, I mean, you have... And then you also have the the, the, the movies where they try and stay true. Because I, I completely agree that you want to keep... Like, what was it then versus how do you translate that to now? Mm-hmm. And how do you make it still seem fresh without losing some of that? And I feel like it's interesting that... I mean, nobody sets out to make a shitty movie. Unless you're Yui Bowl, but that's a completely separate <laughs> case or the asylum. But like, um, but some of them just, it's like, how do I still, how do I stay true to that story without being too dated? I mean, I, so I feel like certain, certain properties are lend themselves a little bit better than others. Like the Watchmen was very, very true to the comic, but it was definitely something to speak to the 80s. So when mm-hmm. you watch it, it's definitely still speaking to the 80s, but mm-hmm. it's not the 80s anymore, guys. Um, so yeah. a lot of people are just not... Didn't have that feel to it. No, and honestly, watching sure. it, I'm like, I get what they're doing. I get the source material, but it's just not working for me because I can't relate because I'm not this That's age in the 80s. Yeah. And it's good to have those throwbacks. Like, I mean, even Great Gatsby, you know, they try to set it in the same exact... Yeah. This is when it happened and it's right. a period piece. And so I... I understand that, and I know it's respectful, especially mm-hmm. if something really happened that time. But you just kind of lose that connectivity with the audience. It's just because there's no way that somebody that's 12 years old today is going to have any possible way mm-hmm. to truly relate yeah. to the story. What, what do you think about just the whole concept of remakes or reboots, Chris? Um, I'm fine with it. Uh, as long as you don't remake something that's too classic. Like, I don't want them to remake Goonies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like just like movies I saw uh, like in my childhood that just meant so much just by themselves. Um, like I wouldn't want to see those get remade. Like I would not want to see the Sandlot get remade. Um, no. Just I mean, but if I don't know if you're gonna do because it's gonna happen. All these movies are gonna get remade. I just hope that they they're like uh, Renee was saying, take that that storyline and yeah, the premise from it and just add it. And you you can change the setting, you change the story, but just have that that main goal of what you wanted to right. make in a film yeah. and just put it to a new film right mm-hmm. i agree i mean i think i growing up i loved the short circuit movies yeah, oh, yeah. with johnny five alive they recently they were talking about making a remake of that and i'm like but they did successfully it was called wally yeah yeah i mean basically it looked just like johnny yeah, five alive um 
But yeah, I, I think that's a good point. What do we what do we think, Amy? I agree. As long as they keep the integrity of the original the the heart of the story, I suppose. But I mean, not everything needs to be remade and not everything yeah. needs to be remade in three D. Oh you know, gosh, can we pump the brakes on that mm. one a little bit? Why don't it's kind of like uh, singing in the rain, um, <laughs> going to talkies uh, as opposed to yeah. the silent films. I yeah. think it's kind of like how it is today or maybe a few years ago, um, because now everything that gets shot, it's getting shot with intents of being 3D. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that you just have to kind of give in to the technology. Otherwise, you're going to get left behind. So I have no problem with all these movies getting made 3D. Because 3D... Cause I saw Avengers, IMAX 3D, and it was fucking amazing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the but technology is going to catch up. Though. It's not necessary. A lot. Not you for know, everything. For everything yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like... Yeah, you're going to see the Descending Movie or something. Secretariat in 3D. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seabiscuit 3D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple that I a couple years ago where it's just like, all right, you're just adding 3D to everything. It yeah. doesn't need 3D it's whatsoever. True. Well, I didn't even realize after I watched the movie, I saw the colored version, but it wasn't shot in color. It was a black and white film. Was oh it? yeah. So that was another thing mm-hmm. too, is it on, yeah. on, on the same thing from yeah. going from uh the silent films right. to the talkies. Now it's right. like I here I am even watching this movie not the way that they had yeah. intended it to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And everything was different when they shot it in black and white because it was intended for black and white. So the shadows and the, mm-hmm. I mean, not for Casablanca. No, nope, just where paint they that on the shadow. <laughs> go ahead lazy, and paint it. So and so. But like Citizen Kane, can you imagine if they colorized that thing? Oh my god, hot I, yeah, freaking I mess. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the reason that I even thought about talking about this, besides the fact that we do our remakes mm-hmm. list here, is there's two interesting ones that are coming down the line that are in development that are more that are starting to cast people. So it's more than likely they're going to happen um, where I kind of have a feeling about one versus the other is the blob. Is, mm. There's going to be another the blob <laughs> and there's going to be another the craft. So oh. they're remaking the craft. Really? But so for me, I feel like the blob, <laughs> they already tried that and it failed for good reason. Um, because unless unless you're adding elements to oh it that how do you even make that movie anything other than when it needed to be for what it was <laughs> right. it's yeah. such an old like low budget horror film how do you even did you put sam jackson in it <laughs> and they are Hell yeah, yeah. No. yeah i know yeah. i read that yeah, yeah. so uh, <laughs> um so for me with that what i would do is i would create some sort of story going on with the people that have has nothing to do with the original stories and then just incorporate a natural event type of catastrophe, which is the blob yeah. and try and do it that way. I don't know how close they're going to mm. go didn't to. They, uh, didn't they try that with Godzilla and it uh, didn't uh, work out. It well. did well <laughs> enough for them to do a sequel. That's I wasn't true. exactly a huge fan of it with my balls, but it did well enough mm. in the theater. It was better than the Matthew Broderick one. I really one enjoyed it personally. Oh, I thought God. it was amazing. Yeah, I, I just I didn't see it in the theater, so I saw oh. it at home, and it was just too Lost literally too dark, so I couldn't even tell what was happening oh. most of the time, and that kind of hurt my you know enjoyment of the film. Mm-hmm. But now with the craft, I could definitely see that being remade because it's not exactly it's a classic in the sense that you know just high school girls yeah doing high school cult. girls who watched it at mm-hmm. the time when I mean, that's you, you kind of have that stuff on TV with yeah. Vampire Diaries Everything. and other things like it's very doable. I think. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, Cannot think of Pretty how to say liars. that. What's her name? The one that is was also in Waterboy and The Craft, um, American History. Furuka Bulk? Bulk. That ain't no guess. Bulk? That's what's going to be. The one who said that in Waterboy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I cannot think of. I can't figure out how to pronounce her name. But anyway, she was 
they in a tweet she's like i just don't think it needs to be remade i don't like remakes in general and it's mm-hmm. like well you know it's They're good business stay. i get yeah. why studios do it because totally. it's a built-in they're hoping it's a built-in audience mm-hmm. we're gonna check out the new one mm-hmm. but hopefully you know when it comes to remakes hopefully you have like, the writers that do the new mad max or do the new planet of the apes where it's like we know what we have you know the older audience gonna come to see it mm-hmm. no matter what so let's go higher let's yeah. do let's exceed expectations yeah i mean uh comic book movies are kind of doing the same except they're not rebooting they're just adapting yeah. storylines yeah. from the comics but to as make a comic movies. book fan yourself you know that even even each comic is somehow rebooted from a previous something like superman now and batman those all started way back in those little strip comics yeah. and now here mm-hmm. you've got your full graphic novels new things coming out the new marvel universe that just you know came out mm-hmm. everything is kind of a reboot yeah oh yeah absolutely it's a new take on things mm-hmm. and it's all about just entrusting the writers and finding the right writers finding people who are passionate about it versus just someone who will do the job and who's had i think one of the biggest problems studios have is there's not enough top writers out there because the same people keep getting hired mm-hmm. i mean the two dudes from the lego movie are involved in like 10 different projects now because they're amazing at what they do. But I think then you run the problem of, yeah, these are amazing writers, but if you, if you don't have the passion about the project, you're going to be able to tell in the end. Yeah, result. And I, I've had this happen to you. I'm sure you guys have felt it where you start spreading yourself a little too thin saying yes to everything because you want to help out. And then you realize every other project you do after that, just a little bit less, a little bit less because you're not giving it your hundred percent. Like Ron Swanson says, don't half-ass two things, whole ass one thing. (laughs) So awesome. So I think, I think it's time. I think it's time guys. This is great. I enjoyed this segment of it, but let's get into the 1952 classic singing in the rain. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this is about, is it Don Lockwood? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's about a silent film star, Don Lockwood, and his having problems moving into the era of the talkie. Um, and basically his solution with a with a little help from his friends to keep his name as one of the top men in movies. So let's go around the room. What we would rename it if we absolutely had to and just... Do we like it? Do we not like it? And then we'll just, after that, we'll just jump into tearing down the movie or building it up, depending on how we feel <laughs> about it. Renee? Right. Um, I actually didn't think of a name. So if you guys want to skip me, I'll, I'll think of one. Oh, okay, sure. Chris? <laughs> yeah, uh, the remake title I named Gotta Dance. <laughs> oh my God, that's a good one. Yes. Um, yes. Because I think it speaks on two levels. One, the big number they did with all the crazy bright colors and this and that and the fact that they changed their movie into a musical to make it good um so yeah gotta dance uh i i yeah it's a good movie um the first time i had seen it i was taking a motion of uh what was it no history of motion pictures uh a class and they were showing it in that morning because i was broke in college and i have no money but i had a really big uh fruity pebbles edible bar and it was huge. It was like the size of two bricks put together. And I had nothing in my fridge, so I couldn't eat breakfast. So I ate this whole thing just to put something in my stomach. Oh, no. And then so I'm sitting in my what History of happened? Motion Pictures class. And I'm watching the movie. And I'm kind of into it. it. And that cut they had. Um, what, what? When did it take place? When they did the... Uh, the ladies were the nutcrackers. And then the guy was speaking through the cone. Like they had that little transition. <laughs> And that's when my edible kicked in. Uh-oh. 
And I feel, and it was super strong because it was huge. And then my whole body just feel it. And then I remember being so into the rest of the movie. And I was like, oh, this is great. How have I not seen this before? And then this is like five, six years ago. Um, but I watched it again. Uh, scene still tripped me out. Sure. Um, it is very psychedelic, trippy. Yeah, but it's a, I mean, it's a good musical uh, uplifting movie. It's not my favorite musical. Right. I wanted to put it above Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, no. But it like, Cinematically, throughout time, I got I could see how this stands out as one of the uh, best musicals of uh, all time. Mm-hmm. All right, Amy. I renamed it "Talking Pictures in Tinsel Down." <laughs> I like it. It's, a, it's almost like a log line slash. Yeah, exactly. Tagline. Yeah, exactly. Um, I liked it. Um, I had actually never seen it all the way through. Um, but it's funny. We got this. Clockwork orange picture. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that part where he's knocking Singing at that lady? Yeah. In the rain. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And something's about to go down. I thought about that too when I was watching that and scene someone. when he was going through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Gene Kelly yeah. wasn't exactly super thrilled about the whole yeah. clockwork orange oh connection, gosh. but we can talk I about that later. Can only <laughs> imagine. Um, yeah. I think it's a super interesting movie. I love the um that it's a movie about making movies and I love all that, you know, behind the scenes stuff. That's yeah. so what I'm into. So did we come up with anything? Uh, how to stay relevant for every actor ever. Because <laughs> I, I love this. I was not expecting. I was thinking, okay, Singing in the Rain. Here's another. I love yeah. musicals. I do. But I, I love how I, I would never- all of you at some point have dreaded one of the assignments that I've given you. Where I have a feeling that there's been like shaking fists to the sky. Like, no. At some yeah, point, I, for I you for sure. Chris, it's nine to five. I was looking back on my notes for nine to five. And they all, parentheses, fuck Noah. Like I have a podcast, nine to five, a.k.a. Fuck you, Noah, for making me watch this movie. And I feel oh like for, for Amy, I feel like as you were hiding under the couch for uh, Silence of the Lambs, you were probably oh, yeah. thinking something similar. Damn but it, anyway. Noah. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting it to be so good. It was just a yeah. really cute, well done. It, was. I, it had me cracking up. The scene in the, bo- the sound booth when they're getting the microphone set up on her and she keeps moving her head away from it. And it's yeah. Oh, I love that part. That's my favorite scene. And the first time I saw that, I was, I stopped. I had to pause it. I rewound it and I watched it again. That is my favorite. (laughs) So cute. I I think we've talked about this before, Renee, but I love it when actors, their character have to act like bad actors. Mm -hmm. I love Yeah. And that's hard. It's harder to do. It is. Might realize. But yeah. So how to stay relevant because I noticed that what Don had to do is exactly what every true artist of an actor has to do Survival to stay instincts. relevant Absolutely. it's the he was a producer yeah. change with the sign he, of the times yeah, or become he, a dinosaur exactly mm-hmm. he had to change adapt he became a producer in these movies he uh he kind of with that gotta dance is a perfect title because it's like someone says you know jump and you got to say how high instead of saying no i'm not comfortable with that you just got to throw yourself into it knock on every door mm-hmm. uh just please them in any way you can when he goes from stunts to to being the actor like yeah. i can do that yep. like that that's the way it has Fake to be it till you make it yeah, and then once you're there, you got to do everything you possibly can to stay in that stay power. Stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Nice. So my title, I am equal parts proud and ashamed of because it is a horrible <laughs> pun. Mine's called "Look Who's Talkying." <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> that is the name of mine. <laughs> so I am not sorry. Um, not even a little bit. Not even no. okay, a little bit, like fifty Come fifty. On. Not sorry, and okay. sorry for that. <laughs> so, um, I I enjoyed it. Un- unfortunately, the the circumstances where I watched it, 
were not ideal because at the time I was on, I want to say day two of this crazy intense detox diet Mm. for like to reset. Like, I mean, I'm big into health and fitness and stuff like that. And I was, I was off of caffeine, off of coffee. I went from two cups a day to none and off of like a bunch of food. So I was pretty much just almost like pissed off. Yeah, I was like paralyzed on my couch basically for like a week. So this is day two where I was so tired. And when you watch the movie, they're constantly moving. So literally during the make them laugh segment, Mm -hmm. I'm like, fucking Cosmo, can we take a break for like five minutes and stop (laughs) dancing? Like I am, you are making me exhausted. That was an exhausting scene for me. It was enjoyable. But after a minute, I was like, how the, how long is he... This one take? How yeah. the heck did he do that? So for me, I was just, it, the movie made me so tired because I was already <laughs> yeah, practically yeah. dead. And um, but other than that, like I thought it was a a, a great movie. I think mm-hmm. we'll get into certain elements and whether they're realistic or not, just in general in the industry because mm-hmm. it is a behind the scenes yeah. kind of industry type of film that you know if you're in it, certain things probably don't seem very realistic. Um, but yeah, we can get into it. But other than that, I thought it was really good. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that this is as high as it is as like the greatest musical ever by mm-hmm. AFI. But once again, AFI kind of has the obligation to honor the older classic mm-hmm. films and kind of have a death grip mm-hmm. and make saying that those are the better. Yeah. Or probably I'd say I think I think Chicago's better musical movie than this one. Um mm-hmm. and you guys personally. ever see Zoot Suit? No, the Louis mm-hmm. Vuitton's film. That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a musical. It's it's one of my favorite musicals of all time. Um, it's all about uh, Chicanos and Zoot Suits, and then they had. Uh, it's a very big band. No, no, uh, it's it's a more like a story with musical elements in it, as opposed to like a big, just drawn out theatric yeah. uh, musical. That's um, cool. But yeah, to me, like I say, these movies that I've watched as a kid, um, I place them higher on this list, even though. The the main consensus is is that uh, scene in the rain is on, right. on the top yeah. of the list. Yeah. So, all right, let's. What are certain things that we want to discuss about this film? I have a question that I would okay. like to pose to you guys while you're thinking. Uh, so, at the end of the musical number for the the singing in the rain musical number, right. a cop comes out mm-hmm. and looks very upset with oh, Gene yeah. Kelly and basically Dancing. like to tell him to stop doing whatever he's doing. What is he doing where a cop would be? I was thinking the same thing too. Yeah. Especially in Hollywood. I don't really understand what do we, can we even hypothesize? He wasn't, was he loitering? I mean, I don't understand. Causing a ruckus in the streets. Maybe he yeah. thought he was drunk. Yeah. That's what, that's what I thought when I first saw like, yeah. Who's this drunk guy playing in all this water? Because I genuinely, <laughs> I genuinely could not figure that out. But that makes sense. Like he on some bath salts, son. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, but I was wondering the same thing. I was like, oh, he's just dancing. I do that all the time. <laughs> See? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. What other things do we want to talk about or thing notes we had before I... I love the shot of after they had their big premiere, when the movie starts out, mm-hmm. they're at the big premiere and the movie, and then it shows uh, Don and Cosmo um, getting back to work and they're walking through the behind... Uh, and they, they pass like four different movies on their way to his new movie and he's kind of telling them oh well, you've seen one you seen I them love all? seeing that that was movies. such a cool shot how yeah. they went through yeah. each yep. movie like that mm-hmm. and the cool thing was I was talking with the roommate, roommate about this while you're we watching it I'm like you know what 
back in the day of silent films, you could do that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You could literally in one soundstage have like six productions going on at once. Yeah. I thought that That's was so, so cool. cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that scene, the opening scene where they're doing the arrivals and that one lady's doing the play-by-play. It's like the original, you know. Joan Rivers. Yeah, totally. It was, I loved it. I thought it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Another one of my favorite scenes was the, uh, the, I think they were shooting the Cavalier movie and Don and the, the star were arguing, mm-hmm. but still playing like they were in love. Yeah. And it's just so They're kind funny. of talking shit to silent, each other yeah. while they're still yeah. kind of yeah. acting. Yeah. yeah. Kissing each other. Exactly. It's so funny. And it, it's a great commentary on today where sometimes you'll have actors that hate each other yeah. and they play best friends or you work with someone, your boss is just someone you absolutely abhor and here you have to just you know, put on a smile, hug them and yeah. look pretty for the cameras. And it's just like you said, the behind the scene, behind the scene stuff is really under underrated and uh, underestimated. And I wish mm-hmm. more people would showcase it. Yeah. How much work goes into making a movie and the stress behind it. Yeah. Nowadays, though, with a lot of um, commentary online or things like that, I feel studios are less likely to do industry things because every time an industry TV show or movie comes out, you hear like, oh, Hollywood loves stuff about Hollywood. It's like, maybe mm-hmm. other people do too. Yeah. Everything about that? Do you? Mm-hmm. Other people do I love like it. it. I mean, yeah. I'm in the industry, yeah. but guess yeah. what? I loved it before that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think totally. everybody loves it. Jerks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think because of that, you know, they don't do as many because they don't like hearing the whole narcissistic criticism. Mm-hmm. But Possibly, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Can, I, can I just say, so this movie... When they screened it and it was a disaster, which is my favorite scene of the whole movie. No, when everything no, wrong is happening. No. And you can hear her yes, heartbeat. Yes, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. But their whole thing is like, oh, no, this is going to premiere in like a week or two weeks or whatever all around. Six weeks. Yeah. Six, six weeks. It's like, what are we going to do to fix this? Oh, let's completely change all of it and make a musical. Right? I'm like, I don't, but see, I don't okay. think that's possible. It wouldn't have been my that. first choice. You're on to something there, Don and Cosmo. So I, I thought that's yeah. not really realistic, Bye-bye but I guess budget. in fantasy land back in yeah. you know, 50s, you could be like, oh yeah, six weeks. Pff, that's enough to completely so change everything. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't even do that now with no. the technology we have. Mm-mm. I thought that was interesting. So now one question we have while everyone's looking at their notes here is if this came out now, do you think it would be as well received as it was then? As it is now before our glorious remakes that we'll be Mm. pitching here soon. If this came out, does it stand the test of time is, I guess, is the thesis of this show. Does it stand the test of time as a classic musical? Yes. Okay. But if it were to come out now, it's it's not modern enough. Mm -mm. No. 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 Okay. I agree. No. And you don't really see musicals like that anymore. I think with, with Pitch yeah. Perfect 2 coming out, yeah, I think yeah. they're more leaning to that, where yeah. it's just, or they're we're trying singing. to justify yeah. why they're singing. Yeah. yeah. Not just breaking there's, out into song. There's right. a lot of people that are really uncomfortable with that. Like people that just break into song. Mm-hmm. Remember that when that Woody Allen movie came out? Um, Everyone says I love you, and no. it was musical, and yeah. nobody knew it was going to be a musical no. until they got on set. So Edward Burns and. Drew Barrymore and all these, you know, Natalie Portman, everybody was in it. And and I just remember um, one of my friends going, yeah, it was just really weird. Like, they were just standing around, and all of a sudden they started singing. It was so weird. I'm like, that's how musicals used to be, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I think a lot of people are really uncomfortable with it. If you were to break into song now, I'd probably be okay with it. 
Yeah, I think I'm just saying. I think yeah. it's not Amy for the last time. It's not going to happen. Come I mean, on, Amy. I, would never say I don't have never. my ta- I don't have my tap shoes. <laughs> I think the training they used to put actors through, um, like the studios make it use them do, is yeah. so freaking ridiculous. Like yeah. Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, and Donald O'Connor were so athletic. Yeah, yeah. and they must have had to do crazy amounts of training. I think mm-hmm. the equivalent today would be how. Uh, actors get all jacked up and yeah. ripped mm-hmm. and super trained. Like that's their training now. It's yeah. not right. um, rhythm and footwork and dance steps. It's just uh, physique. Yeah, yeah, it's the, that stuff was crazy. It was a lot of theater based kind of work with the yeah. just staying in shape. You take your movement classes, you take your vocal classes, your diction classes, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. And Debbie Reynolds wasn't even a dancer. Nope. Oh wow, she's a gymnast. Yeah, yeah, they said she had to do an extreme yeah. amount of training yeah. to yeah. keep up with uh, yeah. Cosmo and Don. The fact that she did it is pretty badass. It is, it yeah. is. But so unfortunately, badass. Gene Kelly was a complete dick to yeah. her about it the whole time. It was kind of a tyrannical perfection. He was, hor- I mean, yeah. which is one thing I do. That I'm glad you brought that up because it's one thing I did want to talk about. So if I don't know if anyone saw Whiplash or yeah. not, but basically the whole, it never answered it. It just basically presented like this person is a horrible, tyrannical person Mm -hmm. trying to push for excellence by being just like a horrible human being and Mm -hmm. excellence appears and is kind of weeded out. But is it necessary to be like that or not? And that movie to continue being an asshole. Or continue being like that. Does that really is that really a necessary evil to have something that's truly great? To an extent, maybe. Just just the to set a standard is fine, but I don't think that you need to be cruel. Right. To exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I just, so for me, it's like, would I want to see what you guys thought? Would this movie have been at the level it's at had Gene Kelly not been completely horrible? Mm, probably not. I don't know. Well, no, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Because people respond differently yeah, to yeah. that kind of like, I mean, some people need it. Mm-hmm. Like if you were just to shit and braid them all the time, then yeah. they'd probably get stuff done. Um, you can't you do it to be... everybody because I'm not gonna motherfucker out. You know, you, yeah. Can't, yeah. you can't just be doing this to me day after day, man. Yeah. yeah. So I no, just I, I find that interesting because you see mm-hmm. that in some stuff. People but... know what to expect uh, when they got on set with Gene Kelly. You know, it was like, hey, you better have your stuff ready yeah. because he's gonna rip you a new one if you don't. You know, he starred, produced, and yeah. co-directed. And actually, so. there was a a director who actually does that still now. Or is it st- uh, what did what Brian? Do you remember there was a um. Director saying that he he would yell and scream at the actors mm-hmm. like now he'll do that now mm-hmm. <laughs> but then their Oscar winning performances like right. they come in they see these oh. movies are absolutely amazing I forget what director oh, that wow. was but it's something that like you were saying they expect mm-hmm. that they yeah. know that you're gonna yeah. be on yeah. set he's the hardest director to work with he's yeah. mean yeah. he's on like he'll just be like totally off the wall like that was a little unnecessary and appropriate right. but it works and for some mm-hmm. reason he's able to get these performances out of these actors because of that. Mm-hmm. That's just the way he works. Because Debbie Reynolds later says that this in childbirth or, you know, being around Gene Kelly in childbirth were the two hardest things she's ever done in her life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I read that. And she was only 18 during this, right? 18 or 19. 19, Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was young and she beat out Judy Garland and a bunch Mm -hmm. of others for this role. Wow. And she didn't know how to dance and she learned and I thought she did a great job. Yeah. I was really impressed and I looked it up and there's not really a lot of mention of it, but I was really impressed with the sound department for synchronizing the tap sounds mm-hmm. with the dancing because, I mean, 
spoiler alert, or this isn't really, but like <laughs> con- confession time. Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I was like in first grade, I took tap dance. Mm-hmm. You can't get those tap dance sounds without wearing tap shoes, and yeah. they weren't. So all of those were put in there. So it wasn't, you do so, have tap shoes. <laughs> they don't fit Uh-oh. anymore because I've grown like five inches since first grade. Thank you very much. You got wow. any uh, video of your recitals? I, I don't, but so I, have, I have pictures. That. That's the, ne- the, the next, next podcast. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I We're think all the, just the watch it. listeners would love to see you know, <laughs> the pictures. Does it hold up? So, <laughs> Does it? I may or may not have been wearing bunny ears doing the, the bunny hop. Um, I'm, I'm not ashamed, sort of. I am totally. Uh, so I, I find that interesting that he is definitely a tyrant. And yeah, yeah. I, I guess I you know kind of agree. It's like if you know what you're getting into, mm-hmm. it's par for the course i don't just necessarily think it's needed i know well but i don't know but i mean who knows you you can't really with hindsight i mean who knows you can't be like well in this alternate universe he was you know he's a puppy dog and it wasn't (laughs) as good you don't know that you Mm -mm. can't know that um and i think as i guess that's one thing if they're talking the talk and walking the walk like he was where he was just as demanding on himself Mm -hmm. as other people I guess it kind of, it's like, all right, well, he's just a dick in real life. Yeah. He wasn't just a jerk to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of his he's personality. He's also a jerk to himself. He's a jerk to himself. <laughs> what else? Yeah. What else? What else? We got? Uh, what I loved the else? dynamic that, that the actor had with the producer um, or that was the director, the, the older guy. that they R.F. Were talking Stein? About he it. ran the, the studio. studio. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. studio guy. I loved how involved they were with each other and I, I wish it was like that. I had a, uh, I have an actor friend uh, Eric Connolly, who said that that's what it used to just always be. That was the standard. If you're in a movie, the actor, the lead actor is actually almost on par with the director as far as where the story is going to go and what interpretation they're going to have artistically. And now it's just like unheard of that you, I mean, you don't have an actor just tell the director, so I think this. And yeah. What if we do it this way? That's just, you'd be fired and you'd never work in town again. But back then it was just yeah. a part of it. And that's why it's so, you see now actors are becoming directors and wanting their credit their writing credit yeah. and all that stuff and needing to be shown that i did this kind of work because it's so thankless an artist mm-hmm. so that was cool to see mm-hmm. that in the movie i love lena i no, love I, I, I or I, I should so say funny. i should say i love the actress who did lena yeah. I thought she was fun mm-hmm. super funny yeah. I, I thought her comedic timing was impeccable it yeah. was great absolutely i just love the level of commitment i thought she she was probably my favorite character in this mm-hmm. um i just thought she was wonderful yeah no she was she's hilarious every time she talked to like so say smart. more what please. am i dumb or something <laughs> yeah, i love that what i do you loved think I'm dumb? all of it it was so to me when i listened to her i'm like okay this is betty boop yeah, yeah. basically betty oh sounds gosh. just like her like I just mm-hmm. could hear her doing that, and I just thought she was. Amazing. I had I had to look her up later and watch other videos of her talking because I was thinking this yeah. cannot be this woman's voice. This can't no. be. No, how and she it's, sounds. Yeah. No. it's not, she yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah, she sounds like how you would, you know, how they wanted her to sound. Yeah, she completely nailed it. When, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, when um, Kathy is dubbing her singing, yeah, um, it's actually the yep. actress who's yep. playing Lena. Oh my gosh, so that's singing. her voice singing. Oh, okay. <laughs> So they're saying it yeah. got confusing um, because you oh, couldn't man. remember who was dubbing who yeah. at which moments. Yeah. Um, but they said she did a lot of her own singing, and then they kind of just she has a great voice. Yeah, too. no, yeah. great. Yeah, she was awesome. I absolutely loved her. Yeah. In that. Uh, so even 
now kind of like let's say this was made today mm-hmm. do we even think do you think i should say do you think that the story do you think the the lead would be sympathetic in his situation nowadays versus then because I kind of mm, don't. No. I kind of feel like because really. now audiences love seeing a celebrity's fall from grace and yeah. them staying down there. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's very yeah. interesting uh, to see some rich, famous actor yeah, almost lose rich. it all and then like stay, yeah. Oh, thank yeah. God he's still successful. Yeah. I don't think that that would necessarily <laughs> translate. Yeah. And plus, he was a bit rapey in the beginning. Oh, he was horrible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm not going to molest you, my child. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I, no, I don't. I, I don't think he'd get the Rapey. same sympathetic. Uh, I can see oh it being God. some kind of uh, Robert Downey Jr. sort of story where it's maybe he was successful in one area yeah. and then having to. Yeah, adapt. I could see a comeback you know, story, but there never he there was never that threat. I mean, I guess it was never realized there was that threat that mm-hmm. he would kind of not be a star anymore. But it wasn't even like financially, like oh no, I'm just gonna have to sit in my mansion forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah. shucks. <laughs> Right. A niggle. Um, but no, so I just I I feel like that it would either have to be a rags to riches or a genuine comeback well, I mean, story. Think about Birdman. It's kind of the same concept a little but bit. He's, he's been out for like 20 years yeah. in that story. So I like the idea of a comeback because mm-hmm. we love that. We mm-hmm. love the underdog. Like you said, the Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr. But as someone who isn't I mean, this would be like. I'm trying to even think someone who's ridiculously successful. Like, like oh, Justin Bieber needs to <laughs> make a new album that's going to sell. Yeah, or oh, no. He's, you know, he's <laughs> losing thousands versus the millions. Oh, was the, what was his Instagram when they claimed it? He lost something like three million followers because they were all fake accounts or something. And we're that's like, oh awesome. My God. But yeah, I just. <laughs> wow. I don't I don't think that that plot would necessarily you would totally have to change it now Mm -hmm. totally for people to even care about the main character because i really didn't i didn't care about Mm -mm. the main character no i cared about debbie reynolds yeah Yeah, it would be kathy the one who has the kind of comeback kind of making her own name in it it, yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely this was her rags to riches because he didn't find her after she lost her job from the after coming out of the cake she (laughs) went and she was already working on another movie when he found her yeah he plucked her from the ensemble you know, to, mm-hmm. so I, I think that's that's brilliant to think that that would be what the focal point would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would definitely be the main character, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think in order to speak to today's audience. Mm-hmm. So I think that's absolutely what but, other. What but other? I will say, uh, even though he's a bit rapey, Don Lockwood is a Mac. I mean, oh, this guy would just say things and then he mm-hmm. kind of went quiet. Like, like, he'd say something and then it would kind of end on that note. Like, oh, very you're, charismatic. you're smooth, Gene Kelly. You are smooth. And, you know, the he, gay, people are athletic as hell. And the yeah. fact that they can move like that. For those long takes, they were single takes for like seven to ten minutes of them just singing yeah. and dancing. One yeah. take, no mess ups. Like, I can't even. Ah, uh, blew my mind. Right. I mean, how, are, are their feet still there? Like, <laughs> right. do they still have toes yeah. after doing no. that? Or are they, are they yeah. just stumped no. in? You know, Debbie Reynolds had to be carried off stage once <gasps> after a 14-hour day. Yeah, didn't like she that. say her yeah. like, feet were bleeding? Her feet were bleeding and everything, yeah. Uh, so, you know, she's not a dancer, but my gosh, she kicked ass doing that. So. Yeah, and in the trivia, yeah. just Fred Astaire is the one who found her yeah. outside crying. Underneath the piano. Uh-huh. She was hiding underneath Under the piano. Under a piano and helped her. Fred Astaire helped yeah. her with her dance. Oh, now, Fred way. Astaire, I, awesome. I read a little bit about him because I was looking at all the, the dancers uh, back in the day, the movie stars and everything. And um, 
you know, he was pretty tyrannical as well uh, in his professionalism with dancing and getting the steps right. Like he was famous for was her name? Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. You were in all these sure. movies together. Oh my gosh, you guys. I'm, I'm not boned uh, up on I my mean, Fred honest. Astaire trivia. I anyway, but yeah, but um, he wasn't the the evil tyrant that Gene Kelly apparently was. Yeah, he so, sounds like he yeah. actually felt sympathy for her yeah, instead of being like, yeah. get up, like, wuss. Get up, wuss. Here's how you're going to do off. it. Here's how it's going to go down. Yeah. Was, uh, I thought that the guy that played Cosmo was brilliant. Yeah. He was so oh, good. Yeah. Totally. His he dancing, was. his comedy. Did in you read in the trivia? So he smoked four packs yep, a day. Four packs of cigarettes oh, a day. Yeah. And that's probably before Unfiltered. the whole. Filter, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he still had breath enough to finish right? those dances. I fucking Barely. get winded walking up my steps. Barely. <laughs> After the make him laugh sequence, yeah. Um, it's it's not it's there's either he was he slept he was in bed for three days or he was hospitalized for three days. Oh there's oh, wow. conflicting reports, but basically yeah. he was not feeling that great. And um, yeah. And Gene Kelly asked him to. I think the thing that really messed with O'Connor who played Cosmo was he used to do that trick where he would like run up the wall in completing a somersault, somersault. but he did that years back. So he wasn't as spry as he once was. And Gene Kelly wanted him to do that for it. So he, he did. Um, It says Donald O'Connor admitted he did not enjoy working with Gene Mm. Kelly. (laughs) Yeah. And he suffered from exhaustion and painful carpet burns. So, but unfortunately, (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll leave that to the no comment maybe, but till later. Um, unfortunately, an accident ruined all the initial footage. So after a b- brief rest, O'Connor agreed to do the difficult number all over again. Can you he had to do it twice. Oh my god! Twice. So we're gonna assume that G- Gene, uh, Gene Kelly, Kelly did destroyed. That on yeah, yeah, destroyed right, the original cut. Totally did that. Oh, wow. my bitch now, Donald O'Connor. <laughs> and I mean, but once again, I mean Gene Kelly. Um, he was very demanding on himself too. Yeah. When he did the singing in the rain sequence, he had 101 temperature mm-hmm. and he did that all in one take. Wow. Really? Yeah. Could have fooled me. <laughs> seemed mm-hmm. to be having a lovely time. He did. He definitely mm-hmm. seemed to be having. Well, it's his movie. So, I mean, I yeah. guess if he could be a, a dick to everyone, then, you know, it's his right. Well, if there's one thing he likes is singing. And if there's another thing, it's in the rain. <laughs> I see what you did there. I like it. So the desirable (laughs) dancer in that one big sequence Mm. was the famous dancer. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna murder her name, so I apologize. Okay, I'm glad you said it instead of me because I was worried about something. I asked my mom. (laughs) But apparently this is my favorite trivia. Oh Lord. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. So apparently (laughs) the dance number had to be stopped. For several hours after it was discovered <laughs> that her pubic hair was visible through her costume. <gasps> it was the 50s, guys. It was a different time. <laughs> when the problem was finally fixed, the costume designer, Walter Plunkett, said, It's okay, guys. We finally got Sid's crotch licked. <laughs> <laughs> How do they not know? I mean, that's it. It starts out. She has her legs straight up in the air Mm -hmm. with his hat on it. Well, did I mean? How far do they have to get into that before they realize? (laughs) You could see her. Your muff is exposed. I don't know. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> do you, is there any pictures? I see you're looking up. Do they have pictures of it? No, they if do. If they do, they you do forward those to me. I will. Oh, <laughs> I will. Let's Google them. Sid Charisse. So that was one of my, my favorite parts. <laughs> one thing I found interesting was the Singing in the Rain has been in multiple movies before this one. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't. The song? For, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. They, yeah, they wrote the songs first and then they wrote the script around the music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which I found very interesting and probably kind of hard to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, the Mamma Mia movie they did with the ABBA songs. Yeah. <sighs> Same thing. So, one thing was kind of, I thought was kind of cool was <laughs> did you look I'm it up sorry, really? I just Googled it. <laughs> is there? Is it there? It says this Situaries, this is an article. Okay. Oh, no. says coitus choreographus. <laughs> it's just so wrong, okay. But it doesn't show I'm looking, it. I'm looking. <laughs> we'll we'll send we'll put links in the description for yes, this. Yes, we will. No, we won't. <laughs> looking. <laughs> so I thought this was cool. So a microphone was hidden in Debbie Reynolds' blouse so her lines could be heard more clearly and in one Ew. of the dance numbers her heartbeat could be heard. Yeah. Which is very similar to what happens with Lena. Is that Spirit. how they got the idea or was it already written? I don't like know, that? but I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, actually only two songs were written especially for the film. Moses Supposes and Make Him Laugh. Mm-hmm. Which Moses mm-hmm. Supposes was a really weird dance number. Did anyone necessarily really get this? Some of his stuff uh, was out there a little bit. Yeah, it was know? a little weird. I mean, yeah. I kind of relate because of all the training we do is like the... Uh, it was a fun way to play with the the exercises you have to do but i think it's because the song was already written that they were trying to have to find a way to fit it in and mm-hmm. that makes sense that that would be mm-hmm. the only place you could possibly do that is having fun in some vocal lesson true they were kind of a dick to the guy that came they into were. the room weren't they Poor guy yeah putting stuff on him he was just trying to help right <laughs> making faces behind his back cosmo yeah it was yeah. Mm-hmm. it was interesting so, and I, I, I take it back what I said earlier. This is actually, this was the sixth time Singing in the Rain was used in a film. Wow. Hmm. So the first one was the Hollywood Review of 1929, which the it makes sure to song? say in parentheses 1929. Which we all remember, right? Of course. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Watch that every week. Yeah. So the sixth time Singing in the Rain was in a film, which I found very interesting. interesting. And the jalopy driven by Debbie Reynolds was the same one driven by Mickey Rooney in the Andy Hardy pictures. Oh, so I think that's kind of cool interesting. for yeah. fans of Mickey Rooney. Yeah. Um, and he but, drops her off, him off at, uh, she drops him off at, what is it? Sunset and Camden. Yeah. Like, um, looks a little different now. Yeah, a little bit different. But speaking of the Clockwork Orange, at the 1972 Academy Awards, Gene Kelly blinked on Malcolm McDowell's name because he was so offended by the graphic graphic rape scene in the Clockwork Orange being performed to the song to Singing in the Rain. Good. (laughs) I think it just makes that scene that much better to me. Like watching Gene Kelly do it, and then knowing mm-hmm. uh, that scene in Clockwork, I just—it's just that much <laughs> sicker and more mindfucky to me, which I which I love. So. Yeah. But for that scene in the Clockwork Orange, you have to have a song that's deemed innocent and wholesome and pure. Mm-hmm. So why not? Yeah, it was going to be something, and that's a very recognizable song. Even before when I was younger, even before seeing this movie, I you know knew that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that that's perfect for that movie. I mean, sure, Gene Kelly probably wasn't happy with it, but we've already established she's not exactly a you know happy dude mm. in general. If anybody's going to be rapey around here, it's going to be me. <laughs> it's going to be Gene Kelly. Yeah. That's it. There's so, only room in Hollywood for one rape. 
I thought it was interesting. That's not true. <laughs> no, if Hollywood has shown us there's anything, there's rape to go around for that, unfortunately. But <laughs> apparently, for that Sid Charisse, um, the yeah. smoking, uh-huh. that was the first time she's she had ever smoked a cigarette that uh-huh. that day, and then she never smoked a cigarette after that. Good for her. But that was very interesting. Well, I think it like everybody her. smoked back then. You yeah. know, like I feel like that was just kind of kids the assumption. <laughs> I heard that that on the crafty tables they'd actually have a little bowl of cocaine. As huh. part of their crafty, that that was just the yeah. way it was before the prohibition. I could see that for sure. So it's like Hollywood today, then. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah. we already know that they had a bunch of drugs on the Wizard of Oz set with um, Judy Garland. Oh, do we have we heard this? Have I we haven't heard about that. This? No, like the the directors no and producers. She was a no, hardcore. But the producers made her into that. Oh in God. order to get the performance they wanted out of her for the Wizard of Oz, they basically fed her whatever. Oh give her God. an upper. Oh New scene. God. Give her a downer. <laughs> so that's kind of what started her, mm. you know, wonderful oh. descent into what she became, which is really that's sad. Awful. In an early version of the script, the singing in the rain sequence was all three of them singing that on the way back from the movie being a flop. Oh. For like that, yeah. the first time. Yeah, well, there's that first scene in the movie yeah. where it's all three yep. of them in the uh, yep. yellow coats spinning their umbrellas. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I found that interesting. Yeah. I like yeah. how they changed it because Gene Kelly thought it'd be a little bit better. I think it's stupid. He's hmm. like, this would showcase my joie de vivre. And it's just like, mm-hmm. or <laughs> it could be better because it definitely shows that you're regaining the faith in yourself mm-hmm. as opposed to the non you know, arrogant way that you just said the reason to have it in there. But yeah. I like it better how they did it. I mm-hmm. thought that was a lot better. Um, I wish I could get promotions like Cosmo. I know, right? That guy has one good idea. He doesn't have a lot of lines, mm-hmm. uh, but he throws out some good ideas. And each one, Cosmo, remind me to make you a writer. Cosmo, head of our music department. But I feel like... Remind me to give you a raise. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's a Trey Parker, Matt Stone situation where I feel like Gene Kelly's character wouldn't be where he was without exactly. Cosmo. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like that was, if anything, I feel like if anything, Cosmo is... I don't want to say the puppet master, but he's definitely the one that got his friend to mm-hmm. where he is in the success. He's always kind of like, you know, as always, you know, it's like mm-hmm. Wayne and Garth, you know, they're just yeah. <laughs> together. They're a thing. And one of them overshadows the other. But the one in the shadow is the one keeping the other one in the spotlight. Yeah. Cosmo's in all the flashbacks in the uh, beginning when they ride to the premiere and mm-hmm. they say, well, how did you meet? And he doesn't say anything about Lena, but he says, oh, well, me and Cosmo. And then yeah. he's in like, Three three different flashbacks yep. right there. Yeah. And he's always there. And he's yep. just as good. Like when they show the vaudeville shows that they're doing together, he's just as good as, as you know, the main, mm-hmm. as Gene Kelly's character. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah. as good no, in a lot is. of that. But, you know, Gene Kelly's character looks better. He's a more yeah. attractive individual. And Cosmo doesn't seem to mind. And he yeah. seems to be very encouraging. Yeah. Well, uh, Cosmo used to get the runoff. Um, <laughs> at the party, um, he's sitting up against the wall and it just like kind of passes him, uh, the camera. And then it's just one girl saying, you could really get me into the movies. Uh, yeah. He was just like, yeah, I think so. So he, I think he did okay. He got to go to the, all the parties that Don went to. So, but do we really think that Cosmo was interested in the runoffs? Cause I kind <laughs> of felt like maybe he wasn't. <laughs> I think he was considered, hey, hey, everybody, this is my sassy friend, Cosmo. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Sassy. (laughs) So, so, I mean, I guess, I mean, there was something in it for him is to stay 
in the career path and mm-hmm. maybe get the financial runoff, so to speak. But the lady runoff, I don't really think that was his necessarily primary focus. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just maybe. saying. I'm just saying. Sorry. You wanted to you see me, RF? <laughs> Everyone's gone home. <laughs> How do you think he got the carpet burns? Hey, there, Ooh, you go. Hey. there you go. There you go. First Hollywood fluffer. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so what else? What else? Do we... I love the ending. The way that they had Lena destroy herself. Yeah. Right? That was the awesome. way they had the villain. that They were thinking, what are we going to do? She's out of control. There's nothing we can do to stop her. And then they see, oh, shit, she's about to just totally take care of this all herself. And they let it happen. And I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, they were just like, oh. They got into one of those thinking huddles. You said, Uh guys, over here. And they all kind of grouped around each other. (laughs) That's how you really come up with the plan. You need a good huddle. And I love how the protagonist of this film, this was a little bit of art imitating life. I like how the protagonist of the film succeeded by treating Debbie Reynolds' character like shit to manipulate Mm. her into being like, yeah. To singing initially, mm-hmm. and then he turns around. It's just like, just kidding. I love you. After and then treating gets her, her horribly in front no. of everybody, Killy, and he Killy liked her because she snubbed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's the type of guy where the one girl who says no. Oh, I want she that. Could be the one. Yeah. I did like though that that he, ultimately he gave her credit where it was due, and yeah. that's something mm-hmm. I wish that was it was better in the industry. And that I because yeah, he fought for her name to be on the card. Exactly. And, yeah. 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 But um. I want you guys to try something. Uh, next time you're out on location, yell, stop that woman! And then see if people stop her. Because literally, like, two rows of seats got up to block her yeah. off. And I feel like that's only something you could do in the 50s. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there was a lot of women in the audience who would have been like, me? No. What? what? <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Where's one? he pointing? That's so vague. <laughs> like, now they'd be like, no, dude, just let her go. She yeah. obviously doesn't want to be, be here. here. Stop that woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that reveal at the end with... um. You know, with how they got Lena. I think bringing Debbie back and everything with that character, I thought was a little sloppy at the end, just to kind of like put a little bow on the end of it. So I wish, you know, that happy ending portion was maybe done a little bit better. But I do like how that reveal with Lena Mm -hmm. happened. I thought that that was was very clever. Yeah, I love that. And I love how that was, you know, probably where Millie Vanilli came up with their idea of having someone else sing for them. Right back behind the curtain. Absolutely. And she totally uh, busted, uh, what's his name, RF's balls, right? Lena? Oh, she, man, she came <laughs> she back and she was like, no, I'm going to sue and you fucking work for me. And like yeah. she flipped the script yeah. on that dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't the most competent dude in the world. No. But she was meant to be the yeah. stupidest broad in everywhere, right? Yeah. So when she came back, I really liked that part. When she came back and she kind of grabbed him by the balls and said, no, you're going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved her character. Yeah. I really yeah. did. I loved it so yeah. much. And I feel like it would have been so easy for the writers of that script to make her way more simplistic than that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was written smartly and she played it very smartly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like she really made that character have yeah. more dimensions than the script, which I'm very happy with the script with how they yeah. portrayed And the director. Him. That director. I know Gene Kelly did the choreography and mm-hmm. he directed all those dance mm-hmm. numbers and everything. But Stanley, is it Donan? The the director, he, he did a really good job at the rest of the film. I mean, the, the rest of the film was really good. You, numbers aside and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really well Stanley put Donan. together. Yeah, I I do feel that scene though with the was very trippy. 
the one that even sober watching it oh, was very damn- trippy with mm-hmm. the different locations and different things. And I don't even remember what the name of that act was or like the musical act but it's very trippy it was just like a transition shot into (laughs) what they talked about uh all this crazy stuff and then they um connected it to the girls in different outfits number um which was also kind of i mean the colors they use in this movie were bright and most of them looked pretty good Mm. yeah i liked it Mm -hmm. do we have any other comments before we start to go the go the next segment all right, so this next segment, which I've just sprung upon the panel Ooh. today, so I didn't have a lot of time to prepare on it, is what I'm calling the Annie segment. <laughs> the reason why I'm calling it mm-hmm. is because I want to know, I want us to hypothesize that other than the sun coming out tomorrow, what else happens tomorrow in the story? And all this, that sounds really stupid. It sounded smarter in my head. But basically, the whole point <laughs> is, watching The Breakfast Club, I was thinking... Mm-hmm. What happens with these characters after it? And I, I would I would imagine we would all yeah. agree in order for that movie to stay as amazing as it is, I would imagine that the next day or the next day at school for the Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. everybody went to their perspective or you yeah. know, their respective groups. They Back were not they were not close friends anymore because that's it's just the you know them in detention that was that magical mm-hmm. moment but then they went back to reality so and then every now and again they exchange a glance and they kind of sure like yeah but happened. they're staying within yeah. their social group so I would imagine the only way only answer for that to keep it that profound movie is they went mm-hmm. to their yeah. respective corners right so I want to do that with these films where do we think these characters went mm. after it's good anyone question. have some <clears throat> ideas yeah um. I think that they came out with Singing in the Rain. Um, I think it was a hit. I think she was the new it girl and they were the new it couple. And I think eventually they started having affairs in two different directions. Uh, Him with a younger girl, her with probably the guy with the same age. Um, And then they eventually got divorced if they got married. But I don't think that like they live happily ever after. I mm-hmm. just think they're happy by movie standard, by movie star standards. Sure. We made a couple good movies together. We got our pictures taken. Now let's just go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. Amy? Yeah, that's a good hypothesis, yeah. actually. It's pretty, pretty good. Um, I would probably agree with everything you said, but maybe piggyback on it. They had one child and... A horrific divorce. <laughs> yeah, I think the divorce was messy. I think there was a lot was of alcohol bad. involved before the decline or during the decline. Maybe a glass Agreed. or two thrown on, against a wall, a table, a chair flip, and then okay, this is clearly not working. It was like out for Mr. Us. and Mrs. Smith only the musical version with slightly fewer guns. No, well, I was thinking because <laughs> they just put out a two-part documentary on Frank Sinatra on HBO. Yeah. And they went through his relationship with Ava Gardner, is that yeah. who he was with? Yeah. And it that that's how I imagine their relationship going. Like, yeah, we were good, we were a power couple, but we really didn't like each other. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think ultimately you kind of see that. But and I, that was actually my least favorite song, the love song, where Don finally expresses yeah, his feelings. That was boring. Yeah. I need yeah. the proper singing to tell you. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm I like you. Same. You know, I I feel like even though I love the really shot with the wind against her, yeah. the, the dress was, thing. Oh, I thought yeah. that was she a really cool pretty. shot. But yeah, the song did not. The keep song my was interest. very. It, it mm. was. It seemed a little disingenuine or something. Just that that there wasn't that flaring chemistry between them. Right. My thought on this is was actually pretty close to all of this where I feel definitely they stay together as the it couple for a while 
But, Another movie or two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that they go on for a while, for a couple more years, as the, maybe like five years as the it couple. But I figure eventually, because she's the only woman who said no to him, and the fact that she's saying yes gets old because he's the man who likes the chase. Mm-hmm. I feel he starts. Yeah. Falling for another chorus girl yeah. who Cosmo. says no to him. Oh, we'll get to him in a second. <laughs> but I feel that so he kind of starts dilly dallying with with one of them, and I feel that they do get a divorce, and she ends up marrying one of the studio heads mm-hmm. because she is mm-hmm. very talented. Yeah. And I feel like back then, the industry you marry and you stay within right. the industry. And I feel like with her because she likes older men, mm-hmm. obviously, <laughs> you know, I feel like she would go for someone who's kind of powerful. Maybe the guy who's directing her in the that first movie. Oh, you could be so and so's kid sister. Yeah, probably that guy. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's what happens. I feel like soon after, in the afterglow of this successful um, singing in the rain musical that comes out, I feel Cosmo definitely lets his lets uh, Lockwood know how he really feels and that he's felt that way for a long oh, time. And Lockwood says, you know, very respectfully has to tell Cosmo, like, look, we've, we've talked, you know, like, I, I'm sh- I've known this for a while, but I like women. <laughs> and, you know, so Cosmo probably, you know, marries his beard and mm-hmm. yep. probably gets with John Waters at some point. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's just that's just an assumption. Um, I would wow. love to see a sequel where maybe years have gone on and it's almost like Godfather 3 age difference between mm-hmm. that and uh, they start competing now, their films. It would be... Um, uh, Cosmo Kathy. and Don? No, no. Oh, or Kathy Kath- versus oh, Don. So oh, Kathy's oh, now Don. this big producer yeah. making these movies and he's still trying to stay relevant and seeing how mm-hmm. they would clash. And maybe Cosmo is a little bit torn because yeah. he maybe sees that Kathy's a little bit better with her grace Mm -hmm. in her production company versus the loyalty he might feel like he owes to Don. That would be kind of an interesting dynamic. I like that. Mm -hmm. All right. Now let's get to our remakes. All right. Who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? I'll go. Okay. 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 Uh, Oh, by the way, I'm so sorry. I have to interrupt this just in case this is the first time you've ever heard this. We have a disclaimer. So the earlier episodes of this, we learned that for every female part, of course, Amy Adams, we've heard it for. So when we cast these films, we have the disclaimer that we're assuming that for some reason, Amy Adams was unavailable to do the parts. Okay, now, Chris, go. (laughs) Okay, this point, the director, I have John Waters. (laughs) really i swear first of all cosmo's husband he kind of looks like the director who was directing the dancing cavalier right 100 percent um but i I love crybaby uh oh me too johnny Depp. yeah that's my shit so i i feel like um if i were to remake it i'd up the the comedy but in a way that's more hot shots you know you guys ever see hot shots or the second hot shots or hot shots yeah i remember that both yeah. Um, and that's why for Gene Kelly uh, slash Don Lockwood, uh, I have early Charlie Sheen, like in Ooh, Hot yeah, Shots. Before his okay. face work. I love it. That's perfect. Oh, and then because of that, I have Cosmo as John Cryer, also from Hot Shots. I like it. That works. Yeah. And I think those two already have kind of like that friend relationship. Well, they used uh, to, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Used to. <laughs> uh, for Kathy, uh, Debbie Reynolds parts, I have Anna Kendrick. I like okay. that. Yeah. Um, For Mad Men. Yeah. 
Or Anna no, Kendrick. No, no, Anna, yeah. no, I was thinking. Yeah, oh, you're no, thinking I love Anna yeah. Kendrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, end of Watch. And love then Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Lena Lamont, I have Jennifer Lawrence. And for RF, the head of the studio, I have the late, great Lloyd Bridges. Oh, yeah. Um, have you ever seen Airplane? Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. It looks like I picked a bad week to quit smoking. Him. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, just, I just watched Mafia the other day. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. So stupid. It's so stupidly it's so great. amazing. <laughs> I love that movie. And I seen him in it. And it tears me up because that was the last movie he did. Yeah. Um, and I always loved Lloyd Bridges. I'm a huge fan yeah. of his. Uh, so I think he would be the perfect RF in my movie. Awesome. Is that your list? Yeah, it's Dunzo. I, I loved it. I loved it. Amy? Okay, so for Don Lockwood, I have Hugh Jackman. Ooh, nice. Um, for Kathy, since it needs to be a young kind of hip, I also have Anna Kendrick. Oh, and, I love her. Okay, so for Cosmo, I... I have two two people. One is slightly older than the other. I have either Ewan McGregor or Eddie Redmayne. I have him too. Both seen them singing and they're quite versatile. And then for Lena Lamont, I have Anna Ferris. Mm, I could see that. Yeah, she yeah, is yeah. brilliant at playing ditzy. She yeah. really is. She's good. She's and very she's, smart at being stupid. Yeah, she is. I, I love that idea. Yeah. Mm. And for the director, I have Kenneth Ortega. He's the one that did, um, he directed This Is It, the Michael Jackson movie. Also, oh, okay. he did um, High School Musical. So, huh. I have that. That yeah. is my remake. You I, would know pacing for this really yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Um, I don't have um, Adrian Brody for anything, unfortunately. Wow, that is one. a shocker. <laughs> I was but, like, who is, which one is Amy going to put Adrian Brody? I know. Brody? Adrian Brody for all. What what do we got, Renee? I have John Hamm as Don, mm-hmm. um, yep. which yep. Don even has a line totally that, that I'm such a ham, and I was like, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, my second choice for Don is Joaquin Phoenix, just because I feel like he could play that mm. kind of like darkly charming kind of person, but I think he might be a little too dark. But John <laughs> John definitely has more of that chiseled, sure. know, classic yeah. American actor mm-hmm. kind of look. For Kathy, I had uh, Emma Stone and Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. So I think that's yes. our go-to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. uh, Cosmo, I really think that Neil Patrick Harris would do yep. a really fun job oh, with yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. But he is getting a little older. So if we did with the younger crew, it would be right. Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. And for Lena, I have Kristen Chenoweth. If you guys have, yeah. have yes. heard of Gle- yes. um, uh, Wicked, she was yeah. the the. Uh, She's done a lot. Glinda. of She's really, really good. I love yeah. her voice because it's kind of that high pitched thing. Anyway, yeah. I can see her not having to do yeah. too much work to change mm-hmm. it, but. Still, she's got that amazing singing voice. Oh, she does. And then uh, Kristen Wiig was my second choice for Lena. Uh, just because <laughs> yeah, she's so that. funny that I, yeah. I just, I just love to see how she would tackle it. But I, I wasn't sure with the director because I, I don't know too many directors that do musicals. I've mm-hmm. never really right. yeah. looked into it. So for mine, the director I have is Rob Marshall, and he was the director of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I mean. I, I just I think I like the the heft and the prestige dark. feel. Gritty, yeah, I just yeah, but I feel like he adds so much substance mm-hmm. to his productions. I think it'd be really cool to see him kind of have like with this movie. I never felt there was really any danger of him not succeeding in really any any seriousness to wow this guy could potentially go broke. Like I never right. felt that. Like right. I said before, I no. feel like. 
the worst that would happen is he would be stuck with all of his millions in his mm-hmm. mansion for the rest yeah. of his life. Oh, the horror. You know, like... Yeah, with some hot girl that yeah. wants to be with yeah. him. <laughs> well, I, I feel like with Rob Marshall, he could... Even if the script wasn't that different, he could definitely show the the way... The aversion to potential consequences. And so that's why I chose him. For uh, Don Lockwood, I have Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Nice. I just, I mean, for one, I feel like with, with our recasting, we don't, you know, we can just assume that someone's the right age or someone can dance or things mm-hmm. like that. So we don't, you know, I don't want to like, especially next week is ET and I don't want people to be like, oh no, who's young enough to be Drew Barrymore's part. doesn't matter. Who do you like? We'll, you know, we'll age mm-hmm. him down. It's fine. But mm-hmm. surprisingly, Hugh Jackman can dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can sing. Oh yes, he can. Yeah. So. Ooh. You Settle do everything. Down. You do everything, Wolverine. Do everything. Someone just got overeated. I know. I just I had no idea until I saw uh, Oklahoma. Actually, the version oh. he was in when he plays Curly, and I was like, "What? Wolverine yeah. is, zing- is dancing and singing right now? Yeah. What's happening?" And his voice was amazing and lame as Rob. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, for Cosmo, I have Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah, I just yeah. I thought that 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 Neil Patrick Harris and John Hamm. I thought of the first time I was watching it. I was like, "Yeah, yeah absolutely." Choices. Uh, for for Kathy, I have Emily Blunt. I I, I love her. I, like her. I feel you know mm-hmm. she can play she can play soft and kind of mousy and things like that, but she can also have that, that strength. Stuff. Yeah, okay. like in Div- Live Die like Repeat, that. you know she was just a badass in that. But she, I mean, I feel like she can do layers really well. Yeah. Um, for Lena, I have Kelly Carlson, which I don't know if. Speaking of Nip Tuck, hmm. she played uh, Kimberly or Kimber or whatever. She played the blonde. blonde girl. She has very classic Hollywood look to her. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think that that was what that character was. Very the classic. You know, you can't hear her speak, but you just assume right. she has this she amazing, has this desirable yeah. voice, which is what makes it so funny. And she's just really great. And I think I haven't seen her in a lot of stuff recently. And that makes me sad. But she's just really other than other than Nip Tuck and john cena's the marine i haven't seen oh, her boy. in many other things so i think she'd be great and for rf i have mitch Pelegi, who played um skinner from the x-files oh yeah so i think that that would he'd be really good um anyway so that is my that's my remake excellent well done sir awesome so uh before we do do we have anything else before we do plugs nope okay because I have an exciting announcement for our listeners, which what? you guys know about. So for every 10th show, this is number eight um, for Pond Further Review. And for every 10th show, we're going to have a special show called The Counterpoint Show. Where, as we know by now, the whole point of this, this, this podcast is discussing classics that are deemed to be the best movies ever made, whatever the genre is. Mm-hmm. Do they deserve that title? Do they stand up today? Things like that. But mostly, like, do they deserve to be still considered the best? Or are we just kidding ourselves and just saying since they're classics, they're stay classics? So the Counterpoint show is going to be movies that are deemed the worst movies ever made. Awesome. And so okay. what we're going to discuss, we're I'm going to make you guys watch these movies. Oh. And we're going to discuss wow. if... um. If the, if they deserve that title okay. of the worst movies ever made. Oh, I can't wait. So I'm not going to reveal what our oh. first movie is. Tease. Until, oh, hint, hint. Until I'm not going to hint. Would he give it away? Because I'm so afraid that any okay. hint I give is going to give it away. It is it Freddy Got Fingered? It is not. <laughs> but that is definitely the worst movie I've ever seen. Gosh. 
But now this was really hard. I do want to say that for compared to the best films ever made, finding this list, and I have a doozy. You will love the movies Jeez. I have. This list, they're, they're amazing. But it was really hard to find like a definitive list because most of the ones that I could find online were a lot of like hearsay right. or opinion. Like that one of the lists said like the worst 50 worst movies ever made. One of them was Spider-Man 3. Now, I don't oh. particularly care for that movie, but to say it's the, the top 50 in the top 50 yeah. ever made, that's definitely opinion because I totally disagree with that. So this is a little bit hard, but the ones I have, you guys, and you only find out one at a time, but they're pretty. I'm excited about the first one. And I'm so sorry, but <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see if you guys agree okay. that it's one of the worst movies ever made. But other than that, okay, so it's counterpoint. It's exciting. Hopefully, all people right. tune in. It's going to be wait. amazing. I can't right. wait either. So, all right, let's do some plugs. Renee? Uh, my name is Renee Michelle Aranda. I own a production company called Star Park Studios. And I usually work for a production company called Plus Entertainment. We make made-for-TV features. Um, I have some excellent news. We just went to a convention and we have been greenlit for that network. Uh, Cine Latino is the network we've been making these movies for, for their very first television series. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We are slated. Congratulations. Yes. That's what, what parts are we playing? <laughs> we're not sure. Most, I, that's the thing is I think we're going to have to use a lot of the telenovela actors now because it's the Mexican market. Heck yeah. yeah. So, and you should for sure. Um, so we're, we're kind of torn right now between a couple different big networks and it, that's what's really exciting it's like the worst dilemma to have is like oh dang which network am yeah. I going to yeah. give my project fully to oh that's so, exciting but, uh, awesome. we know for sure that we have cool. uh, 10 episodes for sure we want 12 episodes but if we do with either of the two bigger networks they want 24 wow. that's what they do wow. with their telenovelas so right, right now that's what we're uh, kind of scrambling just trying to that's get awesome. everything in order Interesting. but um, outside of that thank you guys so much uh, outside of that um, I still do productions here uh, in America um, if you have a headshot or resume you can send it to me at starparkstudios at gmail.com or if you feel like following my individual actor model career you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at hash or uh, um, what's the at sign yeah, at sign that. at uh, Ren, <laughs> Ren Makara. It's the first three letters of my full name. R-E-N-M-I-C-A-R-A. Perfect. Well, congratulations. That's Thank awesome. you. Yes. Thank you. Chris. And this has been comedian Chris Fimbres. F-I-M-B-R-E-S. <laughs> and I want to let you guys know I have two shows coming up in May, the 22nd and the 29th at the DCT Theater at the I.O. West in Hollywood. Also go to mine and Noah's uh, Improv Group's Facebook page, Vaguely Nefarious. Uh, check us out. We're uh, we're pretty funny. We do some dirty things that I hope you enjoy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, check us out. Awesome. Amy. And I am Amy Cordova. You can find me on Twitter at the Amy J. A-M-Y-J-A-Y. I just recently changed it to make myself less searchable by real life people. That's Please smart. and thank you. Um yeah, no, I have a story, but anyway, um, I'm a freelance publicist. I am currently working for Fox Film International, and I have a 4.30 a.m. conference call tomorrow morning. That sounds Jealous. super excited. I know. Jelly. Monday. Totally. Yeah. Um, uh, we have all kinds of projects coming up, but I'm always looking to do nonprofit or jumping from various publicity projects to another. So hit me up, y'all. Awesome. And I'm Noah Kinsey. All of the links for Ozzy Cobb stuff will be in the description. So check that out on Twitter and Instagram. We are both at Ozzy Cobb Prod. 
We're ozzycobb.com. Definitely on the Twitter. You can also find me with at the Noah Kinsey. Let us know what you think about shows, whether we or movies, whether we got things right, whether we got things wrong, um, different thoughts that you have. Uh, hate mail for after we watch the first Oof. counterpoint potentially. Right. <laughs> so definitely reach out to us. But like I said, all the on the description, all of our contact information will be on there. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for ET the Extraterrestrial. Ow. This has been an Aussie Cobb Media Production. Executive Producers Noah Kinsey and Brian Nicholas. For more information, visit OzzyCobb.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.